we're gonna come here because they want to play and they want to win. Two I just like two that. chicken fillets, two fillets. <laughs> Jay, Jay, two chicken fillets. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing today? We're back for another episode of the Big Cat Chat Podcast. It has been a while, but we are back because guess what? The Jags finally hired a head coach. Finally, they did. They did something. Hey, guess who they hired? They hired uh, Dar- Darrell Bevel. Darrell Bevel. They hired nah. Darrell Bevel. Nah, nah just they didn't hire Darrell Dar- Dar- Bevel. They hired uh, Bill O'Brien. Nah, it wasn't Bill O'Brien. It was uh, Byron Leftwich. Oh, wait. wait too no, soon? no, it was, it was too Brian soon? Dable. It was Brian Dable. Too, so- too soon on Byron Leftwich? People going to cry about it? <laughs> I don't care, bro. All right, All right we got guys. Doug Peterson, baby. Super Bowl winning head coach, Doug Peterson. <laughs> he, he fixed the Eagles after Chip Kelly took them down. Sounds familiar. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. But yeah, that, that was the worst head coaching search of my lifetime, and I hope it never happens again because that was painful. I hope you get a solid three to five years of no head coaching search. Like, he might, I can see it. I, I'm just saying, I don't, he's not that old, but I don't know how much longer he'll coach for, you know? So I'd say three to five years, he went to ring, baby. You know, ring or two. I just don't want to do that again because Shad Khan's an idiot. Uh, it was like 40-something days, the longest coaching search. I mean, all the coaches were hired last year before we and, like, three other teams hired ours this year. So it was just – it was <sighs> painful. It's over, but though. We, we got Doug Peterson, Super Bowl-winning coach. How do you feel about it? I mean, he – when we did our initial list, he was around five or six on my list. So – I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it it wasn't the guy I wanted, but now after seeing the press conference, after looking at it, looking at all the situations for us, when you look more in depth to it, I think he's probably one of the best options we had, and I think it's it could be a home run hire, could be. Yeah, he wasn't like super high on my list, but the more I like dug into it and like did my deep dive into Doug Peterson, he started to move up a little bit. Did you know, did you know, uh, when the Chiefs, that year that they won 11 games straight down the stretch, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Is when uh, he got the, the, play, the play calling duties from Andy Reid? Andy Reid handed him over and they won 11 straight. I did know that. But did y'all know that? Did you know that? Wikipedia knew that. <laughs> Pretty sure it's on Dang. there. <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia outsmarting us, bro. It's my source, Wikipedia. My source, everybody sources Wikipedia. Uh, anyways... <laughs> NFL rums sources Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the head coaching search it was, it was kind of a crazy fiasco because apparently it started out they interviewed the, the first interview they got the first guy they interviewed was Doug Peterson and then apparently they came down to three finalists, which were Eberflus, Hackett, and Leftwich, and then Eberflus and Hackett got hired by the Bears and Broncos, and that left Leftwich. And then apparently Leftwich tried to stiff arm the Jags into like fire bulky and let me hire Adrian Wilson. Then some some reporters, not actually they're not even reporters, a guy who has sources but isn't a reporter reported that Byron Leftwich was a done deal. And then everything started crashing down. And then apparently Byron Leftwich was out. And they apparently restarted the head coaching search or whatever. And well, not to mention that guy, the Arizona guy, the Arizona writer dude. Mike Jarecki, or whatever yeah, his name was. Mike Jarecki. He, he was 99.9% above. Anything above 99.9% that we were going to get a tandem of Leftwich and Wilson. 
had to have the whole timeline in a in a tizzy. A tizzy. He, put fl- he put flame to the fire. And it all burned down. And then we ended up apparently restarting the head coaching search. We interviewed Vic, Vic Fanjo. Uh, we interviewed uh, Bill O'Brien. Yes, we interviewed Bill O'Brien. Well, that was before. Inter- oh, it was? It was before? Oh. That was before we started. That was like one of the first ones we did. Oh, okay. But yeah, we interviewed we, Rich Basaccia. Basaccia seemed like – it ended up seeming like our new finalists were Rich Basaccia, Doug Peterson, and was there another person or was it just those two? I think it was just those guys. But yeah, those guys. And then everybody thought uh, Peterson was going to get hired by the Saints. He ended up not, obviously. I thought that was a, that was a posturing move. For like an entire for an entire day, almost we thought we were going to have Rich Basaccia as our head coach. I know we had started talking ourselves into it. Yeah, well, that was well, maybe you know. I mean, they were in nice the playoffs. Guy. He wrote letters to his players. His players love him. That's pretty cool. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad we didn't hire him. We we after it was just overall a crazy search, and we somehow ended up with probably one of the best options we could have had. Yeah, I'm pretty uh happy with it I'm satisfied and the, the, the press conference the press conference well his portion of the press conference was good it me made me even more excited about him being the coach but the but, rest, uh shad khan and trent balky looked terrible yeah. in that press conference the other stooges on the, on the stage two clowns some rumors that we've heard recently on top of the doug peterson thing is apparently we're going to hire an evp and, and another kind of like same role Tom Coughlin was in, but obviously Tom Coughlin was a dictator, so it's not going to be the same. Yeah, rumored name was Rick Spielman, the old GM from the Vikings. And it's yet to happen. Maybe there, I, I mean, the thing is about the EVP is that can be completely silent. They don't have to tell anybody about that. Apparently, maybe they're interviewing guys because if they want to hire Spielman, they have to do the Rooney rule, so they have to interview two minority coaches at least, or my, minority coaches, minority people. But then they also can't interview them as a phony interview but i don't know how you'd even the rule like, sets up tell. phony interviews exactly i don't know how you'd even be able to prove that it was a non-phony interview yeah i don't know but so hopefully they end up hiring or how would you how would you prove it was a phony interview i, I guess i should say like how would you yeah. prove that i have no idea i don't know because the name's already leaked out there rick spielman so if they go rick spielman i'm sure you could i mean i don't know either way I want Rick Spielman. Or, I hope we bring him in because if he does, he'll be above bulky, and that's what matters to me. Well, there's talks of that, and there's talks of a possibly an assistant GM, too. Yeah, I'm just happy they're finally trying Adding to build structure. some sort of foundation on the football operation side of the of the Jaguars because far too long has it been just a GM and a head coach, and then there's no football guys in between that. So that if something happens with that GM or head coach. Shad Khan, who doesn't know jack shit about football, is having to make all these choices. And I know, what was it, after the last, after 2020, he was like, oh, you know, he wants to be more hands-on, da-da-da-da. I don't really think he wants that anymore, obviously, after the Urban Meyer fiasco, where he was probably more hands-on as an owner than he was at any point prior in in his ownership of the team. I don't truly believe that he wants to be a hands-on owner. I feel like he wants to finally get a guy in here who's EVP so he can just Wash his hands of the whole thing and just watch his bottom line. That's all he cares about. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know anything. Tony Khan saved us from hiring Bill O'Brien, I think it was rumored. Supposedly, that's what we heard, yeah. Apparently Tony, Tony Khan Con- was a lot was a lot more involved in the process than most people thought. 
Tony Khan knows ball, and it is true. It's just wait for him to be the owner. It's unfortunate that he's his dad owns it. Plus, he's kind of busy with the what's it called AA AEW AEW. That and Almost. he also was uh, heavily invested in the Fulham team as well. Yeah, we we need Tony to take over because he actually somewhat knows what he's doing. It's like, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we're keeping bulky. Uh, for now. Yeah, for now. As of today, we are hiring Mike McCoy as QB coach, and we're hiring Mike Caldwell, former Buccaneers inside linebacker coach, as all in, defensive All in on Mike's. All in on oh, the Mike's. Yeah. Forgot to say, we moved on from Joe Cullen. Joe Cullen is now where? Uh, Chiefs defensive line coach. So who's going to get better on that D-line? Chris if Jones. You, you didn't think it was possible, but watch. It's going to happen. Joe Cullen's a dog, man. I like Joe right. Cullen. He, Joe Cullen was the one guy I was I was like... It's kind of like bitter. It's kind of like bittersweet. It's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, Doug Pierce is going to want to bring his own guys in and everything, but like... Man, I really, I really like Joe Cullen and energy he brought in, the, in, in on the defense. I feel like he overachieved with our defense. That Bills the talent. game. That Bills game, bro. That Bills game. The Colts game. in the season. It makes no sense, but imagine. Hey, but if good we for had a him. Competent offense. If we had a competent offense, even average, Joe Cullen would be a king in Jacksonville. We if you've noticed, I think so far the only. Position coaches or staff have been are on are on defensive side are the only ones who've gotten jobs elsewhere so far. I believe the George. I don't think George Wahab got a job anywhere else, did he? Nope. Uh, I know somehow, some way, uh, Sanjay Lal got an interview for the Bears' offensive coordinator. He didn't get it, but he got an interview for it. Yeah, that was weird. But yeah, I don't think anybody in our offensive staff last year has. Been hired on anywhere else, but our, we have a lot of our defensive our tight staff has been hired. Did. Our tight ends coach got uh, hired for a college coaching job. Uh, oh, okay. Tech, I believe. Yeah, but I'll see on the defensive on the defensive side, you got Joe Cullen got another job already. Um, our D line coach Tosh Lapoy, he's got a new job already. Uh, DB's okay. coach Chris Ash, he's got a job already. <laughs> another DB's coach as well went to Ohio State, the corners coach or the whichever one, because you know we had like three of them. I feel like our defensive staff honestly wasn't even that bad. It was just like the team, the, just the lack of talent. And the lack of offensive production putting them in. Yeah, the offense didn't help. They didn't, you know. It's kind of hard to be playing good defense all game long when your offense is going three and out every other drive. Pretty much, but it is what it is. Yeah, so we have two hires. We do Doug Peterson will call plays, so. Yeah, he did say that at the press that. conference. There's rumor he's bringing in Press Taylor for offensive coordinator, which a lot of people are poo-pooing on. But I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. He's Zach Taylor's brother. He's a young. He's a young guy, so you never know. I'll give. Him I'm gonna give. Him, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, man. I don't know what was going on in Philly, and the people who are talking like they know, no one really knows besides Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, and probably Howie Roseman. But other than that, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt if he's the guy that gets the job. Pretty Ultimately, I wanted. I wanted Pep Hamilton, but he's gonna stay in Houston. But you know. Whatever. It's I'm going like to give the benefit of the doubt. Him staying in Houston leads to a bigger dumpster fire because it's because they hired Lovey Smith as their head coach. So it's like... He's going to have Davis Mills turning up. Pep Hamilton is going to get a head coach job soon. It's facts. 
I, Pep Hamilton was the guy I really wanted. I also wanted a big Fanjo as our defensive coordinator, but I'm I'm okay with Mike Caldwell because he's been yeah, me too. Bowles' right hand man for a decade. Yeah, I mean, pretty much whatever. I'm going to give everybody that we hire the benefit of the doubt, unless we hire somebody that's just proven to be a failure at just whatever. Jaw dropping, terrible. Uh, another thing that happened, non Jags related, is uh, Tom Brady retired. It happened. Ohio State fans couldn't wait. I know. It's funny because on Twitter, it's like the day after he retired, somebody said, name a Michigan quarter, name a good Michigan quarterback in the league. Right. Who's the best Michigan quarterback in football right now? No, who's the best quarterback Michigan's put in the league in the past uh, 19 years? Right. We've been waiting 20 years to tweet that tweet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Unreal. He hung it up on a season that he might win MVP. Hey, what better way to go out than win an MVP and Super Bowl? You Do you think him Bowl? retiring is going to give uh, is going to factor into voters? Well, shouldn't the voting already be done by now? I don't know when the voting was done. I thought voting for MVP ends after the last game of the regular season. Let me look. Or something like that. I don't know when, when it's like a cutoff date. Voting end for the MVP. Uh. Da, 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 da. Voting for the NFL's MVP award takes place between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs. There's a one-week period in which voters, so, okay. Yeah, it should have been done before that. It would if you it, Even if he wins it, he deserves it. I mean, he had a great season. No, I know, but if they voted after he retired, do you think it would have affected voters to, like, lean towards him because he just retired? Uh, I feel like it's natural human emotion to do that, probably. Yeah. So, probably he might have, but, I mean, either way, he still deserves it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. You're 44, you're, you're 44 years old putting up those stats, bro. That's kind of crazy. He said he was going to retire when he sucks, and that never day ha- that day never happened. I don't think it's ever going to happen. That dude's going to be like 55, still slinging it around. You know what I got to say about this, though? Hmm. It's Kyle Trask season. Let's ride. Oh, my God. Don't do this. Let's ride. It's don't Kyle do this. Trask season. It's don't Kyle do Trask this. season. Let's go. Let's go. It is time. It's Blaine Gabbert season. The next season. goat. Blaine he Gabbert handed season. the reins over. He handed the Blaine, reins over. To Blaine Gabbert. He, he passed the torch to Kyle to, Trask. To Blaine Gabbert. The next goat. Kyle Trask is going to lead the Buccaneers to seven oh, Super Bowls. They're drafting Sam Howell, bro. Dude, I will literally jump off a bridge. <laughs> I cannot take that. I spent this whole year waiting for Kyle Trask. And then Brady's going to retire, and they're going to be like, okay, uh, <sighs> Russell Wilson, get over here. Aaron Rodgers, oh, get over here. Probably. I can see it. Unreal. I mean, but, they're going to uh, lose a bunch of other guys, too. What else we got on the schedule today? That's, I mean, we got one more thing, but you know what that is. Is there anything before that? We got some brighter days ahead, hopefully, here in uh, old Duval County. Yeah. Some brighter uh, days ahead. It's looking good. Also... I mean, uh, catch us on the relevant app Thursdays at 5 p.m. Talking draft. Uh, we're, it's a new thing we're doing. We, we, we were reached out to from uh, or by uh, UCF Jaguar to go on there and uh, try to get that thing popping off. So if you're a fan of our show and you want to continue listening to us, the relevant app, download that thing. Yeah, it's Rela VNT, I believe. Yeah, and you got to join like the Jaguars like fanatics page. And uh, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be in there talking draft for roughly half an hour. We'll be chilling, 
talking different positions, rankings, and all that stuff. You know, I think last week we did receivers. We didn't do a poll this week, but um, I'm thinking we're probably going to do uh, edges, maybe. Yeah, we can do edges. That okay. would work for me. That. Yeah, if you want to hear us talk draft uh, every Thursday. Also, uh, we're getting towards that time where we're going to be talking draft most of these podcasts. We got free agency, though, coming. We got the dead period is coming soon. But, oh, yeah, Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl is this weekend, isn't it? Yep. Uh, it's the Rams-Bengals. Look at who's alive. Both Who'd of us. Th- we're both still alive. Who would have thought that was coming? And you know we're Bangles. both picking. We're both picking. Rams. 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 <laughs> yep, we're both I need Stafford to get that ring, bro. I need Stafford to get that ring, bro. I just need my preseason pick to survive, bro. That's all I care about. I also want Van true. Jefferson to get a ring. True, true, true. Yeah, my the Chiefs got clapped. The Chiefs' torrential breakdown choked heavily to the Bengals. But yeah, that was bad. They were my other Super Bowl pick, but... As long as my Super Bowl winner is still alive, I'm good. If the Rams win, I'll get eighty dollars. He's trying to bag that money up, huh? <laughs> you know how it is. If only that was legal in Florida. It's, it's tough out here in these streets. Either way, I'm trying, to earn a, I'm trying to earn a dollar, bro. Either way, guys, uh, we got a lot coming in the next week, so make sure to subscribe, comment, share, stay tuned, follow us on Twitter, follow the podcast on Twitter. That's where you're gonna see. We're gonna. You got any questions polls. this week? We're going to be tweeting polls about stuff. We're going to be tweeting questions. Oh. We're going to be tweeting all kinds of stuff. As well as we're, that's, you're going to keep up to date with the podcast. Like whenever we post, you'll see us there. So make sure to follow us there. That's the most important thing. At the Big Cat Chat. It is right mm-hmm. It is right below us both. But yeah, there's that. Now let's roll you guys straight in to the, the probably my favorite thing. Uh, one of the, my favorite things we've done for the podcast yet hold on time out freeze frame do we have any questions of the week uh we do not we put out question feelers for like three weeks straight we didn't get a single hit you people are unreal yeah ask <laughs> us some questions bro ask us some questions for the next podcast i like the question com- view i like the viewer question segment man i like answering y'all's questions yeah i know you got them hey 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 hey, hey. comment down below if you want us to come back to weekly podcasts and we'll consider it maybe we'll, we'll consider it don't blame us for this, though. Blame the Jaguars. Yeah, blame, blame the they, Jaguars. That, that's why we they didn't put out. So they didn't put out any anything worth talking about. Yeah, hey, it's it's almost draft season. Yeah, podcast get your questions might, in, man. Yeah, I know podcast. you got draft questions. Yeah, ask ask us stuff. Ask us what whatever you want. Unreal. We'll be we'll be back either way, though. Whether you like it or not, we're coming back. So, have fun with that. Either way, guys. Speaking of the draft, we got something fun to announce. Uh, we're starting a new segment. It's not. It's probably not going to be every single ooh. podcast, but we are starting a new segment. Ooh, can I call Sean it? Can I, can I? Can I call it? Can yep. I call it? Sean, Yay. announce the new segment. We got Call a new segment. segment coming out starting today called Hidden Gems, where we are going to be interviewing under the radar draft prospects. Can't wait! It's going to be exciting. Hey. We already did one. Hey, and now, hey, we're about to roll straight into it. And that, tell us, tell us who our first guest is. Our first guest is Idaho State's own, the six-three, two hundred thirty-pound phenom. Runs a four-three, four-three speed, jumps forty-inch vertical. Bert. I'm talking about out of the room. I'm talking about Mister Tanner. 
Connor, the legend himself, runs track. About to give Tyreek Hill a run for his money, bro. Mm. Double his size, too. Mm. Oh, either way, guys. That's a big cheetah. Either way, guys, this is our new segment. We're going to be trying to interview under-the-radar draft draft players. I mean, if somebody that's not under-the-radar wants to come on, hey. By all means. They can be a hidden gem, too. You never know. We'll we'll call those unhidden gems. (laughs) Unhidden gems. Harry and Winfrey, hop on, my boy. Come on, In your face, gems. In your face. Everybody knows about this guy, Jim. Yeah, but hey. It's, it's hidden gems. We're gonna to try to get it popping. If if we do bring it back weekly, that's probably what the segment's gonna be. It's gonna be hidden gems. We're gonna be reaching out to these guys, see if we can get them on here, try to get their name out a little bit. But uh, Idaho State's own wide receiver, Tanner Connor. Yeah, Tanner uh, Connor going in this thing. So let's let's roll it. All right, Tanner Connor, let's go. All right, guys. So we got. Idaho or former Idaho State receiver Tanner Connor here. He's in the draft. He was at the Shrine Bowl last week. So how are you doing, Tanner? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. So yeah, we'll get this going. Uh, I guess I'll start it off with: Do you think you could play tight end? Because the Jags need a tight end, and that is the question of the day. Yeah, I think you would. Uh, I think I'm definitely capable of playing tight end. It's something I really haven't done. I've practiced, you know, I've been put in game situations where I've wham blocked across the formation at that tight end type things, but I've never truly learned the position. And so it would just be a learning curve for me, but I think I'd totally be up for it. I think I'd be something I excel at with my, you know, my body type, and my physical attributes. All right. Have you ever, like, as a receiver, obviously you block occasionally, but how much blocking have you done in consideration to move to tight end? You would need to block occasionally. Oh, I mean, uh, at my school, we blocked quite a bit. So, like, we were – anytime I was running, we were perimeter blocking. We would have read force blocking rules and then push crack blocking rules. And so I was blocking quite a bit in the run game um, as much as I could. And I blocked a lot at the Shrine Bowl as well. So uh, I think I'm a pretty good blocker, especially on the perimeter. I can hold guys up, you know, spring the run. That sounds good. Yeah, I was looking at your uh, – just looking at your body type from the videos I saw, and I was like, dude, this guy's like – like, he's a thick boy. He could probably be a tight end. <laughs> Yeah, I always I always thought I was too short to play because I'm like just under six three. Uh, I'm 230 pounds, so people kind of think tight end. I just you know with the tight end position evolving as much as it is, I just don't really know what a prototypical right. tight end is. Yeah, there's a lot of move tight ends now that are getting shorter. Like I know in the draft, yeah. there's Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. He's a bit shorter. He's a bit on the shorter yeah. side, but he's going to go pretty early. So I think I mean you're about as tall as Tim Tebow, and he made a roster. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> We don't want to talk about that. We don't talk about that. I mean, I don't think you can get much worse than that, so. No. All right, Sean. Let's get to, uh, let's just start off with like a a little bit of get to know Tanner Connor here. What is on your game day playlist? (laughs) My game day playlist? Yeah. Uh, I actually, so like, I'm pretty uh, faith-based in my life, and so I have a strong faith, and so I usually start every day with like some type of Christian worship music type deal just to get my mind right and then before the game i kind of put on some sort of rap uh type spotify you know thing of the day it's like you know spotify does like a rap playlist of the day and i'll kind of put that on um in our locker room at idaho state it was always quiet so you kind of have to listen to your own music and so i'm not a big into like music artists and albums stuff like that so i just kind of put on stuff i like look for game day albums or not albums, but uh radio stations i just listen to that so i'm not very particular in what i listen to um, just something that can get me hyped up Makes sense. Do, makes sense. Do you got any game day traditions other than like music? 
like anything so one game day yeah so one game day tradition i actually started my senior year i guess i started in the spring i was really only able to do it at home games but i would do a lift before my game because i always felt like i felt better i felt like i was more twitchy after doing like a nice primer lift and so i'll go in and do uh, some bench squat and then some type of olympic lift like a cleaner or a snatch because it made my body just feel a little bit better before game day yeah i read online that you are that you stay in the gym you're pretty you're a gym rat yeah i love the gym so what do you uh what's your uh max bench max on squat yeah so um, we actually tested a uh, vert in the bench yesterday for mid testing here out in Florida. So I hit 19 reps on 225, and then my oh. max bench is last time max bench was like 325, something like that. It might be a little bit higher now, but um, I don't stay. We only maxed front squat, okay. um, which was kind of weird. It was unique, but I front squatted 435, so that was a pretty good number for me. And then we uh, we maxed power clean. I, ma- I power clean 375 was my highest. So that boy's that boy's strong. I try strong. to be. He's fast. He <laughs> hey, that'll help, man. Strong, fast. You can jump high. 40-inch yeah. vertical is what I'm hearing. 40 inches. Yeah, I'll be over 40 on my pro day. Ooh, he will be. Yeah. He will be. <laughs> he will be over 40. Mm. Four, three, All right, speed. Just, yeah, four, you run a 4-3? Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, I'll run a 4-3. Worst case scenario yeah. is a low 4-4. Four, four, so, hey, I'm, I'm pretty still, confident. That's still plenty fast, and that's impressive. That's impressive to run that fast at, at 6-3, 230. Yeah, I appreciate it. And to jump that high also at six three two thirty, like that's a lot of weight to two thirty is not like a light guy. Like a lot, usually the guys who jump high are pretty light, you know. Yeah, Rondale Moore. I know. Yeah, I assume your uh, broad jump is crazy too. Yeah, I've never really, I've never really tested. We didn't test at Idaho State. I went over ten feet here though, so I don't know. I actually we're testing that tomorrow, I think. So I'll know more by then. But interesting. Um. Let's go back to more personal side. What's the last movie you watched? Last movie I watched? Uh, I think like a movie theater or like an actual movie? Both, both. Um, the last movie I watched, I've been watching, been watching a lot of like Boba Fett, WandaVision, um, gotcha. just anime. But uh, movies, I haven't watched a movie in a while. Like an actual, I watch a lot of TV series. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. Uh, last, uh, personal side question. Uh, what are some things you like to do for fun outside of football? Like you got any hobbies, anything like that? Yeah. So like my escape from, you know, football and training and stuff has always been video games. And so I play a lot of video games in my free time. I don't really go out, do the social setting thing. I like to be with like friends and hang out with friends, but like going out is really my thing. So I'm usually, I'm homebody and I like to play video games on my free time. What kind of games you into? Yeah. So I'm big into... I don't know if you know, it's called Rocket League. I'm big into Rocket yeah. League. I play with my brother a lot. I play a lot of Overwatch um, and some other indie games as well. But, uh, you know, I tried out the Battlefields that weren't very good this year. So <laughs> Xbox yeah. or PlayStation? So I was PlayStation my whole life. I switched to PC in the last year, though. PC? So I, couldn't okay. get, I couldn't get Master PC. Race. PC Master yeah. Race. Technically. <laughs> yeah. That's what's, up. That's what's up, man. Do you play Madden much? No, I put so I actually got addicted to Madden in 2016. I had like a 94 overall uh, ultimate team, and then I just never picked up Madden again after that. So it was just too much of a time sink. But if you get drafted to a team, you'll you'll pick it back up, right? For sure, I have to play myself. Right, you got to do that, man. You got to change your overall to a 99. Yeah, exactly. For sure, because you know he should be. He should be. He should be 99 out out of the box. I mean, speed. That's that's thermos. That'll be EA's mistake. 90-something 90, 90 speed straight off the bat. 
They right, always strike right. as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and start with this. Uh, why do you think an NFL team such as the Jaguars uh, that have a need at receiver tight end, why do you think they should take a shot on you in like the late rounds? Because that's what teams do. They take shot on guys. Like, yeah, I think that I have a unique skill set and physical ability that a lot of guys don't have. Uh, being 6'3", 230 pounds, can run fast, jump high. I can block, I can run on the field. I think I can be a really good asset on special teams. I think I can play a lot of different special teams because of my you know physical attributes. But I think I can also develop as a primary, not a primary, but like, you know, a, a, a confident and reliable receiver on the field. And so, and whether that be receiver on the X or the Z or a tight end at Y. So um, I think I just have a lot of versatility and it can be moved around quite a bit, which can be a, a nice utility for a team that needs to fill multiple spots. Yeah. Watching a lot of your highlights, uh, you seem to do really well at high point in the ball as well. I like, love because of your, right. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. Didn't yeah, get to do as much as I wanted to, but. Because of your vertical and your height and your your body size, you're able to like you know like a like a like a center in basketball. You're able to box the guys out and get the rebound. I, I always saw that played a lot on your highlights. Yeah, in in high school, I actually played post, even though I wasn't the tallest on my team. I guys on my team were six 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 seven, but I could jump and I was strong, so I could you know box guys out and get the rebound. So that's just kind of what I feel like I'm good at. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the Shrine Bowl experience like? And how do you think it helped your draft stock if it did at all? Do you think the performance you put on in practices helped like helped raise your stock to where you, you could possibly be drafted? Or what are you thinking about that? Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a rough first day. It was just a lot of, you know, overwhelming with all the scouts and, you know, being around to all this other talent. But I progressed really well throughout the week. And so I enjoyed the experience. I definitely got better as a receiver. And I got better as, like, a football uh, – I got better at football in terms of, like, knowledge of the game. I learned how NFL offensive playbooks look like and how to learn them. So – um, I think it definitely helped me out, especially my practices, films, uh, progression towards the end of the week. And then in the game, uh, I did really well on special teams and as receiver. You know, I only had one target in the game, but I caught it. I got first down with the chains and stuff like that. But um, in one-on-ones, I feel like I did really well. So, Yeah, um, what kind of scheme did you guys run at Idaho State on offense? It was an RPO, so like spread offense, but mainly okay. RPO. That's what we ran my entire five years, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw your stat line for your career. You averaged over 17 and a half yards a carry. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it was a catch. Sorry, not a carry. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I impressive. Mean, I was a downfield threat type of guy, but I also was able to, you know, tear, turn hitches and snag routes and, you know, 30-yard gains. What was the, your favorite game you played in this year? This year? The BYU game. That game was fun. Was it? Yeah. I saw your stat line against UC Davis. It was like five for 150. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I had a pretty good game. That was the only game we actually won the season. It was our one, our lone oh, win. Oh, really? So, yeah. Well, you contributed in a big way. I tried to. All right. Uh, is there an NFL team that you think you'd fit best on, like scheme-wise, or a team that you just quarterback, whatever it is? Yeah, I don't know. I think – I think there's, you know, some teams like we were talking about earlier with the Patriots, I feel like, you know, those guys aren't looking for someone like me to fill, you know, an offensive slot. But I think a team who might need a bigger receiver, a bigger body guy, uh, whether that be a tight end or receiver or somebody who kind of flexes and moves around would need me a lot. Specifically, I don't really have a team that I know that would need me quite a, like a lot. But um, I know there's lots of teams out there that like to have bigger body receivers because they're unique nowadays. Like it's hard to find guys over 230 that can run and jump. And so, um, I think there's a lot of teams that can take a chance on me, but I don't really consider myself to be like a Cooper Cup uh, type of system guy. I think it's more of like a one-on-one -on -one matchup type of guy. Right. And I know you're from Washington, correct? Yeah. 
so did, was your favorite team growing up the Seahawks, or did you have a different favorite team? I grew up a Seahawks fan, yeah. It's been okay. tough the last couple of years. I mean, at least you got that one Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Though. We do. That one was nice. Should have two. <laughs> you should stay there to feed Marshawn on the one-yard line? Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any former or current pro receiver, pro receiver that you model your game after? Or do you just yeah, try to do so, your own or do you just try to do your own thing? Yeah, I it's hard because you know, being a bigger body guy, you can't watch the smaller shift your guys. So I watch a lot of Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, you know, bigger body dudes. But I also like to watch guys who are a little bit smaller than me as well. Like, you know, I think Adam Thielen has a really unique skill set in terms of how he stems his routes and how he always gets open. I like watching Doug, he has a playing more, but Doug Baldwin, when he was on the Seahawks, I think had the best releases in the entire league. That dude had complete total right. body shift over dudes. I would just create so much separation. Even though I might not have those skill sets, I think it's just good to watch those guys so I can incorporate it best I can because, you know, if I can become a shiftier, bigger receiver, that's just all the better for me. But, you know, Devontae Adams, of course, um, is one of my favorites to watch. But, you know, releases, I would have to go Doug Baldwin and then in terms of just play style, Chase Claypool or, like, Julio Jones. So Awesome. All right. Uh, what's the draft process been like for you? Because obviously there's the guys who are like first rounders who they either skip stuff, they don't need to do stuff. How is it for a guy who, like you said earlier, is projected like fifth to seventh or maybe even undrafted? How's the draft process for you? Yeah, uh, it's been obviously different than you know, the upper echelon guys. And so um, it's been fun. I, you know, I had a lot of agents hit me up during the season the last two years. I was actually surprised how much traction I got, how many guys wanted to represent me. Um, and I had a lot of guys offering, you know, a bunch of things like training and stipends, you know, paying for everything and stuff like that. And so um, it was really unique to me because I would never picture myself in a situation like that where I'd be so sought after by people thinking I could make it in the NFL. And so I ended up signing with an agent, you know, I'm out here training now and I'm, I'm blessed to be doing it. But um, like you said, being a smaller school guy, just at the Shrine Bowl, it's a different experience. I'm around all these other receivers who are from bigger schools like Miami, Tulsa, Hawaii, all these bigger, you know, FBS programs. And so um, it's just, you just have, you know, you need to do more. Like I have to stand out. So when I train every day, like I try to do things that nobody else can do. Like I want to be the fastest guy at my training facility, even though I'm 230 pounds. There's smaller receivers here who are a little bit quicker than me, but I still want to stand out and be competitive that way. Because if I can, you know, meet different metrics in different ways, where they have to look at me, then, you know, that's what's going to get me drafted at the end of the day. So just doing everything I can to, you know, outpace and outmatch other people who have higher stocks than I do. Like it. No, no one's going to outwork you, right? No, I've I've had to work way too hard to get here for that to happen. Right. So. Keep it up in the league. Just like you were talking about Adam Thielen. He's got one of the yeah. hardest work ethics, and that's got him to where he is now. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to ask? Uh, hmm. I mean, there's the four. You got the speed, athleticism. I mean, that's what caught everybody's attention. So, right. You ran track, right? I did. I ran track four years in college. Did you do it at high school as well, or? Yeah, I ran track in high school. I played basketball as well. Okay. Multi-sport athletes. That's what see people like that. A lot of guys in the league are looking for guys. You know, the multi-sport athletes, especially at receiver and tight end. You know, the guys who have a basketball background. And, man, the 6'3", 230, 4'3", speed. I can't imagine a team is not going to want to take a shot on that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I The Jaguars, they gave they took a shot on Jalen Camp last year in the draft. Who He didn't end up making the roster, but he was kind of a just an athletic freak. So. Height, height, weight, speed, yep. I mean, you're even crazier, 6'3", faster. You're taller, faster, bigger. 
makes no sense. One, but one-on-one jump ball, you versus Jalen Ramsey. Who's getting that ball? Dude, I'm not going to put any words in my head. <laughs> Jalen, Jalen Ramsey is an amazing player. I, if I get lucky, I might come down with it. So I'm not one to – I, 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 like I like the confidence. Mike, you might get it. You might get it. Yeah. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you. Maybe he gets a cramp on the way up. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. I feel you, final, man. Well, uh, yeah, what's the final, final question? question? Final question. How would you feel if the Jaguars drafted you? I'd be fine, man. I mean, going down to Jacksonville, I've never been there before. And so, you know, my fiance and I talk about, you know, where we want to end up later down in life. And, um, you know, I have a lot of places where I don't want to be, but, you know, that's one of the places where I wouldn't mind being at. So um, I would, I would, dude, I would embrace it full hard, wholeheartedly. So it doesn't matter to me. I just want to be able to make an impact on the team where I can actually help them become better, whether that's on offense, special teams, or both. All right. Bring them on so down, I, Jags. That's what I like to hear, man. You, you, uh, you know, because Doug Peterson is a new coach. How you, yeah. how you feel? How you feel about that? I mean, I think you're gonna do a lot better now than I hope so. what you guys had <laughs> we had before. The name, hey. shall, the name that shall not be speaking of. We always <laughs> say we, we always say it can't get worse, but uh, the Jaguars prove that every year it, it can. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you uh, doing this, uh, man. Coming on, coming on the podcast, uh, try to get your name out there a little bit. We'll try to you know spread the word about you a little bit on our end. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been a lot for me. I've been, you know, thankful for you guys getting me on. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, you've gained two new fans for real. We're calling you hashtag our guy now on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Go for it. I look, I look forward to hopefully seeing you get drafted. Uh, hopefully by Jacksonville. I told my counterpart here. I said, no matter where he goes, if he gets on team Final Fantasy three, I'm buying that jersey. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> awesome. That means so much, man. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rep you, bro. I'm gonna rep you, man. Yep, you're a uh, big cat chat legend forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Our first awesome. interview. Hopefully, we have some more, but uh, we're honored to have you as our first one, man. Honestly. Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. It means a lot to to me, and I hope you guys take off with this and you know become bigger every single year. So. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Either way, thank you for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview, and we'll send you into the rest of the podcast now. See you guys there. And we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed that first edition of Hidden Gems. If you guys have any under the radar draft prospects that whether they went to your college, whether you're a fan of them. Whoever it is, if they're in this draft and you want us to try and get them on the podcast, comment them below and we'll give our best shot. Uh, anybody we can get on here, we'll be on here. And hopefully we can get some ballers. Uh, hopefully we can get a first round pick on here, you know? Maybe. Hey, hey, hey. When we get that, when we get that dude named, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, it's, that, it's that trash quarterback that I slander every day. Trash quarterback I slander every day? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Malik, Malik Willis, Willis is a bum. Uh, that's how Woo! we're gonna end this. That's how we're gonna end this. Uh, Malik Willis is a pack of mid. Uh, and he, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he's not. Malik Willis is a goat, and he needs somebody to trade up to number one to get hit, get that man. Oh my goodness, I, we're having fun. Either way, hope you guys enjoyed the new segment. Comment who, comment questions for the next podcast. Comment who you want us to get on the podcast next, and we'll try. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Sean's Twitter is above his head. My Twitter is above my head. And the Twitter podcast, the podcast Twitter is below both of us. Do all of that. I know it's a lot. Hopefully, you can keep it all in your head. Either way, check us out here. Hopefully, next week or next podcast, and check us out on Relevant Thursday. Uh, it should be tomorrow. Tomorrow or the day after is Thursday. I don't know when I'm posting this. So, see you guys then. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. <laughs>